the show it's been a while nearly two months since we've done an episode mm-hmm. it's uh it's a new year well no it's actually february 12th so you know it's been a new year for quite a while <laughs> do you feel no. like it's um flown by i feel like i still say 2020 sometimes so i don't i still don't yeah i don't really have con- any concept of time you know what i never thought when i was in 2019 how nostalgic i would be for 2019 like yeah. I just look back and I'm like I should have done more even though I did quite a lot I'm like I should have done more just for the sake of it just because it was so the last like normal time we had kind of thing yeah I can't believe we've we've gone into 2022 still with you know pandemic still like still being a thing it's just like like no. you said like if only we knew what we had in 2019 if only we knew no, it's just so bizarre, and life's so different now. Well, for me, I'm yeah, burping a baby. <laughs> I recorded a podcast, so so yeah, we're back, and we're going to do Spider Man uh, Far Far From Home, No Way Home, Homecoming, yes. something. Yeah, no. I, no Way Home, I think. Yeah. No Way Home. That's yeah. it. No way. No way. Um, no Way Home. Okay, but we haven't spoken quite a while, and like, I want to hear like what you guys have been watching recently. What's what's the tea? I feel like the mum out of Mean Girls. What's the 411? When did we stop <laughs> saying what's the 411? And why did we ever say that, by the way? <laughs> Good question. I don't mm. know. It feels very hills, doesn't it? It does. It does mm. feel very hills, which is something I recently watched. Yeah. Say. Does I, it hold I, up? Never, I never did the hills. Never done you it. never did the hills? No. I think there's that bracket, right? Because the, obviously the age difference between you and Neha and I is not that big, but mm. there's that bracket of American reality TV where yeah. we absorbed it and loved mm. it and then it just died. Probably yeah. rightfully so. But yeah, but we, I watched the hills because they did the hills new beginning, which is like where they come back like 10 years later or something. And it was just hilarious because it was just like, so with covid we have just really had a lot of financial troubles from their like Malibu mansion mm. with their Gucci sweatshirt. <laughs> and I have no idea how we want to afford the bills for the next month. I'm oh like, sell God. a sweatshirt. Yeah. And then he's sitting there and he's like, you're wearing Gucci. And he's like, yeah, yeah but this is vintage. It's from 2019. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. God. Are Heidi yeah. and Spencer still together? Yeah. Of course they are. They're hot. They're like um, couple goals now, Heidi and Spencer. Wow. Well, Spencer, well mm, Heidi, I like. Spencer, I tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think Heidi does as well, to be honest. Yeah. I but feel yeah, like they, because they're such a duo, like individually, they won't be anything. So they're kind of like bound together for life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but bound for life. But yeah, what have you guys, what have you guys been watching? Um, what have I been watching? So I watched Coda recently, which is my new favorite film. I love Ooh, Coda yeah. so much. It's so good. For those of you who don't know what it's about, it's on Apple TV. And essentially, it's about a girl who is a Coda, which is a child of deaf adults. And her parents are deaf. Her is that what is it deaf. sounds for? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So her parents are deaf, her brother's deaf, and they run sort of like a fishing business. And she does a lot of this sort of like business management for them, but she loves to sing. And she really Aww. wants to, yeah, and she, like, that's her thing. Obviously, her parents can't hear, so they don't necessarily understand 
how important it is but it's just like a really nice coming of age like oh it's such a cute little film I'm so glad it's doing so well at award season because I really didn't think it would it felt like one of those that was gonna fly under the radar but yeah no I'd recommend that so I watched that recently I feel like I've been re-watching a lot mm. that's good that's yeah good. yeah nostalgia yeah so in between jobs at the moment, so just before I start my new job, I feel like Karish, you're so tired of me because I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm watching, watching this. this. I'm watching this. <laughs> so I jumped on the Euphoria bandwagon, mm-hmm. watched, I think, all of season one in like just over 24 hours. I did the same thing. Wow. It's very intense, isn't it? It's so intense. So now I'm watching it weekly with people. Are we going to do an episode on that? Or are we going to? We are, it? yeah. Because oh, okay. I, I just, with Euphoria, there seems to be such a massive divide of people mm-hmm. that hate watch the show uh, which yeah. is rare for a HBO show isn't it that people hate mm. watch it like with Netflix you hate watch a lot of stuff and then there's the other half where people just think it's brilliant I don't know where I fall I think it's I think bonkers. it's genuinely a 50-50 split though I think you're spot on like I people are either watching it just to critique it or they mm. love it it's literally like I if I went on my TR right now, it'd literally be 50-50. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I have lots of thoughts. I have lots of thoughts on it, but I just think Zendaya is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And my one note, which I will leave, is like the fact that they're doing a season three is insane because it's just like these are kids in high school. And if they do the thing that Glee did, where we follow <laughs> them, we follow them as they move on, it mm. I, I don't even know what that will look like visually like I have no idea it's it's difficult because I mean I don't regard it as a teen drama but it is yeah it's a teen drama but it is it is bizarre and I mean we're obviously going to do a whole episode of it but it's just crazy how like I just can't get I can't even describe the show to you Neha as a friend who hasn't watched it because you wouldn't believe me like the yeah. amount of prosthetic penises I've seen between In this and Pam and Tony yes it's like 90210 on crack. Yeah. It's yeah. very... Uh, I do need yeah. to watch it. I just know it's quite heavy. So I'm like... It is very heavy. Yeah. The first, yeah. time, the first yeah. time I watched it, I was like, I can't watch this. I'm a mother. <laughs> I just <laughs> start yeah. holding Reha like, you're never going to do any of this stuff. Never. No, no, no. But yeah, I watched that. I also, when I've watched loads of stuff, being on maternity leave, but I think one of the most recent things I've watched is Cheer. Mm. Um, to which I had no idea about the Jerry situation. Yeah. To which I told you guys, I was like, wait, what? I've just put this on. And like, obviously they address it in the first episode straight away. I think just to tick a box. Because and then not again that, until episode five, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're just left Midway like... through, yeah. And it's just, it's just, and obviously you think, okay, you've made this show and I suppose you have to show it in the correct light and time frame that it is presented in. But I just couldn't believe, and the, it just I just couldn't believe it. And I think the second season of the show is very, there's not a lot of structure to it, is there? Like, I feel like no. they had no idea what to do. Like, I think the main original goal was we're going to show Navarro again, but also show the comp- competing rivals, which, fun fact, that is the uniform that Santana Lopez wears in season four of Glee where she cheerleads for the cords and then never does again because, you know, Ryan Murphy. Mm. Um, but then obviously COVID happened, then Jerry happened. And so you've got this whole episode on like sexual assault, but I don't think it says as much as Netflix wanted it to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I just, also because it was an ongoing situation, he still hasn't yeah. been sentenced. Like there's just this eerie shot where they just show the Chicago Correctional Centre and it's mm. like, 
it's only for like five seconds that it's like, oh my gosh, he's in there right now. He's in there as we are speaking. Like he is still waiting to be sentenced. But I think the way in which they approached it was, it was a bit tone deaf. I think because they were in shock and I think they must have rolled out the cameras as soon as they were in shock, unfortunately. So people weren't able to have sort of like a leveled sort Mm. of thought process behind it. And I think it was a little bit tone deaf because obviously Ladarius was sexually assaulted as a child and he was the only one that was like, if I'd have known, he wouldn't be here right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? And like everyone else was kind of like, oh no, not Jerry. Like Gabby was like, I can't turn him away. But And I'm like... crying. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because we rarely see that side of it where like obviously mm. you are mourning someone's past but then you think but at the same time mm. you know it's yeah it's shocking I think they just whacked up the cameras and the mics when they because it was happening like you said Karis, mm. while they were filming they had to overlap by a year obviously because of covid yeah. and I just think it just came at a time and when, when their cameras were there and I wonder if they were to interview them now or once Jerry was sentenced and stuff like that, what the thought process would be. But yeah, that guy has a major problem. Like, yeah. And, yeah, and do you know what it was like? Because they interviewed the two lads that it happened to. Well, two of the lads. But then they showed a picture of the lads when it happened. And I just thought, they are children. Mm. Like, that. obviously, the, you're children when you're 15 anyway. But the picture they showed when it happened, I thought, they are babies. Like, it's just... Awful. And like you said, Laverne, it's the situation where he threw away his phone and then got another phone and continued to do it and you just think that's just no remorse and then the letter that was the eeriest thing that was the eeriest thing yeah what did you think of the letter there because I just thought it was weird like I I feel like I still haven't figured out I mean how I feel about the whole second season in general anyway because I think they really like you said Laverne they really mishandled it they just like they didn't it didn't seem like they gave anyone enough time to process everything like they wanted it to be on camera I guess it was just all a bit messy like I didn't I thought the whole second season was really sort of awkward and just I think like of course it's going to be like skeevy because Jerry is did not do a good thing but oh I I don't know it was just not it gave me shivers when like yeah. one was like he wants to be a motivational speaker yeah because I just thought there's no remorse here. No, no. there's literally like he's already this... thinking about you know in 15 years yeah. time, providing he does like the full sentence. He, he which reminded you, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it just reminded me of Kevin Spacey a little bit, where it was like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry what I did, but there's no buts. There's no, no buts. so they all yeah. want a redemption arc. It's like no, there's no redemption arc. Yeah. It is, it is. I think another big thing, I mean, I've not finished it. I've still got about two episodes left to go because I've just not really had the enthusiasm to watch it, really. Um, And the Jerry episode was obviously very, very hard. And I've just watched that with caution. I think they do put a very um, sensitive label up beforehand. But I think uh, it's the fact that like people like Morgan just got dumped. Like she obviously had to graduate because of COVID and then she just got dumped. And like, there's just one sentence which is like, that that was the end of my cheerleading career. And then you don't see her again. Yeah. And you just, it just, yeah, it's very, um, it's very interesting. But uh, but yeah, that's what I've been watching and just re-watching Gilmore Girls. Yeah. (laughs) Where have you reached? I have got up to, I'm now on season four. I'll tell you the one other thing that I have watched though, which I had to stop watching, Scenes of a Marriage. Ooh. Oh, 
I now, if I, to start. if I wanted to watch six hours of arguing, I'd just stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it is yeah. the most depressing show yeah. I've ever watched. Jessica, I mean, they're both incredible. Jessica Chastain plays this awful woman. I mean, probably like there's probably people out there like, no, actually, if you watch it, she's just showing a modern, uh, shut up. She's horrible, horrible yes. to our Isaac. And you can tell the show is made in COVID because it's done like four actors and it's always in the same house, et cetera, et cetera. But it is, it's very intense. And I, th- I think it's its very well done. But for me, just not feeling it right now. So I've not yeah. finished that either. Did you finish yeah. it now, huh? I did, yeah. But I agree, it was really intense. And I think after about like the third, maybe it was even the fourth episode, I just got really, t- I was so done with them arguing. Yeah. Like it it's was exhausting. just like, this is enough. It, it felt like you were sat at a dinner table with two people who just would not shut up. <laughs> Like, and they both, like you said, they both did a really great job. And like, cause that script is really heavy. They're having to like, there's so much going on, but yeah, I was, I only watched it really till the end cause Oscar Isaac's in it. Otherwise mm. I would have given up too. Mm. There's just a couple of things that one of them, each episode starts with a behind the scenes. Yeah. Which was, I quite liked. Yeah. I, I didn't get it at first. So like the first episode, it's like Jessica Chastain walking to set and then it's like action and then the, the show starts. Um, but another thing, it's it's a remake. So it's based off a, another film um, slash TV show. The TV show was actually to blame for a high number of divorce rates at the time it came out. Oh, really yeah yeah so they married it up like the release date and like the what the viewership and things like that so it was actually to blame um which I find wow. really interesting I wonder what like the equivalent of that now is but yeah so that's that's the intro yeah watch it by all means because they're brilliant but oh mm. Jesus my I god want, I want to watch it for N- Nicole Bahari because I've seen oh, yeah. I've seen a clip from it on Twitter and like uh, that woman she is a force to be reckoned with the way yeah. in which she acts i'm like you are you acting right now because this is so convincing she's phenomenal so that's it's why criminal. i know yeah. Yeah, yeah it's criminal she's not in more stuff it's, cr- it's, honestly. it's criminal honestly. honestly you think about how long her career's like spanned as well like going back to like shame which was 11 years ago now as well yeah. i think that's the first thing i saw her in mm. but um but yeah anyway let's talk about spider-man I mean, back in the day, back in the day, this was the mm-hmm. one Marvel film this year that we were really, last year, because it's 2022 now, that we were really excited about. Ooh. For various reasons, I would say, I think predominantly because we didn't know what we were going to get. I think it's very difficult for me to be excited about Marvel projects since Avengers Endgame, because I kind of do feel like we did say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, we've had things like WandaVision, which I absolutely adored. I did really like Ant-Man and the Wasp, or Ant-Man and the Anti-Vaxxer, as we like to call it now. <laughs> um, it's... It's just very difficult, but this was kind of like the film where I was like, okay, they've still got it. They've still got it. There's something that's going to happen here. The multiverse is the new thing. I mean, what did you guys think about before watching the film? Did you have any expectations? I I did, but that was mostly because of social media. Mm. I think I would have loved to have seen it not knowing anything. I would have loved to have gone in not seeing a trailer, not seeing, oh, Andrew Garfield has reportedly been seen on set. Like all of that. Can you imagine seeing it and not knowing certain things? Like um, that that was the one thing that kind of like, I was obviously so excited, but like just knowing that they were all keeping secrets and stuff like that meant people wanted to dig more. And therefore I went in there expecting bombshells, which you know, I did get, so I'm happy, but like, it would have been so nice to have not known the thing. I don't, I don't love spoilers or anything like that. So that was a bit of a shame, but I was super excited for it. So excited for it. I was too. Yeah. I'd muted everything on Twitter. So I'd not watched a trailer. I had not seen anything. Um, like I just, I knew 
who was going to be like I knew it was going to be a Spider-Man film and Tom Holland was going to be Spider-Man and that was it like I can't remember the last time in a cinema that I like quietly cheered because I'm never like a big cheerer but yeah oh my god I loved it I was I feel like the anticipation up to the film is very much like yeah I'm gonna watch it and it's gonna be good so it wasn't I wasn't like freaking out about it but then I watched it and I was like this was good I just don't think we've ever had that for a film before like I wonder who's gonna be in it like that's to me that was a really exciting time and like the heat Andrew Garfield denied it so like convincingly that I was like he's not gonna be in it I was like maybe Toby maybe Toby just because I I I think like you know how I stopped tuning in because I knew that Dr. Ock was going to be in it and obviously I knew that Green Goblin was going to be in it. I didn't know the others were in it. I know I did Jamie Foxx was in this movie till I watched it. I think I must have just tuned out. So that's when I was in the cinema. I was like, okay, maybe. But no, I just thought, no, he's, he's busy. He does like serious stuff now, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Like <laughs> they screwed him over. Like he was mm. promised a third film, like he's not going to be in it. But take the one thing, Matt Murdock, where did I that know, come that from? That was so fun. Oh my gosh. She when knows. I saw the cane, cane. I was yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> Do you know what made me laugh? Because I, Laverne, you saw this opening night, didn't you? So mm-hmm. it was like everyone's reacting. And Neha, when, I don't know when you saw this. But when I saw it, it was like middle of the day. There was maybe 25 people in the cinema. And there was only like me and one other guy reacting. And this other kid that was just telling his mum everything, bless him. And I just felt sorry for him because his mum did not give a shit. <laughs> um, but when the cane came on, I went, no, no. And the guy like three seats away from me leaned forward like... <gasps> But no one else reacted. And I, I forget because Daredevil came out like early 2010s. Yeah. So it's a fair long time ago. A lot of people probably haven't watched the show or know who he is. But anyway, let's fast forward. So Andrew Garfield, of course, is in the film. Toby Maguire is in the film. There's no Emma Stone. There's no Kirsten Dunst, um, which I know a lot of people were disappointed by. Some people were disappointed that James Franco wasn't in the film. Presumably <laughs> because they don't know what James Franco has been up to lately. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we had the whole big, not reunion, is it? It's not even a reunion. I mean, this film is basically like a reboot, sequel, mm-hmm. trequel, whatever you want to call it kind of thing. But yeah, they were they were in the film. I mean, how did you feel when you did see them on the screen? I was so excited. Same. I yeah. was so happy. I think I Andrew Garfield, his acting ability, it's like beyond. Like one thing I would say, I haven't seen Tom Holland in a lot of other things. I haven't seen Tobey Maguire in anything since The Great Gatsby, I think, was like the no, last Nobody has. Nobody yeah. has. <laughs> um, but you can see Andrew Garfield. I That scene where he catches Zendaya and he was able to catch her. Yeah. And he is crying because obviously that's not what he was able to do for Gwen Stacy. I, you can't script that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the way in which this guy can... At. And it's just so beautiful And like I think there was like So many crossovers Between Andrew And Peter Parker Like You can tell that Andrew was genuinely Just so excited To be there I think that there are parts Where he's not acting Where he's just like I love you guys Like Yes That That man he, His acting abilities Are just like They just Go yeah. so much higher Than the other two Unfortunately And it's something I could really see <laughs> He was acting for his life Like He's so 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 talented Yeah yes. it, I just I, I just I, It's like the emotion He has at times Where you just think This is more than just Like a Spider-Man film Like this is him like Really 
Because you think out of the three of them, he has lost someone dearly. Like, yeah, everyone's lost Uncle Ben. Um, sorry, Uncle Ben. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but like, he has lost someone. A that was very young. B that was very close to him. Um, and also like he could have saved her. Like you never know. Um, whereas the others, they've lost a lot. There's lost a lot, but it's probably not incompar. It's incomparable, really, isn't it? To it. But he's amazing. And Toby as well. Like I, I love how he kind of gave a little glimpse that you know him and MJ. They've mm. kind of worked things out. I would have loved to heard that it was like a couple of kids bouncing around, but I guess we, you know, we can't have it all, can we? But yeah, they were brilliant and amazing. And I, I love that he lied for so long. I think that's brilliant. I mean, what was it? People were like, what, what was he meant to do? Like, would you rather have him said, oh yeah, yeah I'm in the movie? Like, yeah. it would have ruined it. But like you, Laverne, I think it would have been incredible to sit down in that cinema and be like, wait, what? Yeah. So it is a shame, but I suppose when you cast all the villains, it's very difficult to think that the heroes are not also going to turn up as well, I suppose. Mm. So, mm. so true. So, so true. I, I, I read that Lizard and Sandman, I think neither of them were actually on set. No, they weren't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's insane. So the bits where, you know, they are taken back to where they came from like those are both scenes from their previous films which I just yeah. thought was so interesting like oh right like te- first of all technology is insane mm. the fact yeah. that you can do that but second of all like oh damn you really weren't there <laughs> like that's why they're in their forms the entire film <laughs> it, it's bizarre so yeah that's also and I think they did some voice work and that was about it but then a lot of people were like um insulting the CGI and they were like well they did the best they could do with what they had you forget like Spider-Man 3 or they come out like years and years, years ago, ago, 20 years yeah. ago almost, isn't it? So let's talk about the kind of, kind of conception of this film. Because um, obviously there's a, it's a lot. Because with Spider-Man, you've obviously got the fact that Spider-Man is owned by Sony, but then it's in the MCU. So they have to kind of sit down and have this like divorced parents meeting yeah. if they want to do something, which is just bonkers. So they had to do a, they planned this film back when they started the new Spider-Man trilogy, which was Homecoming. 2017, I thought that was a long, long time ago, but it wasn't, mm. only five years ago. Uh, but yeah, it almost didn't happen because they struggled to come to a deal and there was a massive confusing legal mess. But the new deal basically allows Marvel Studios to produce another Spider-Man film for Sony with Amy Pascal. Whenever someone says Amy Pascal, I just remember those Sony leaked emails where she was yes. just slagging everyone off. Yeah, yep. same. Yeah. And that poor email from Rooney Mara when she was like, please let me do another girl with the last dragon tattoo film, please. But yeah, so basically Disney co-financed 25% of the film in exchange for 25% of its profits while retaining the character's merchandising rights because, you know, everyone wants a Spider-Man toy. Um, But apparently Tom Holland, Dilf as he wants to be, he personally went to the Disney CEO and the Sony chairman to renegotiate the deal. Like he went to them personally. Yeah, it's all been so messy. Like I've never known a deal where I know every single detail. Like, <laughs> like literally, Tom went. Remember when that moment when it was like, no, this isn't happening, and Tom had to release a statement, and he was heartbroken, and like, you know, he was no longer going to be with his Avengers crew, and you know, he was yeah. just heartbroken, and it was like, why are we all seeing this? It was like you said, Karis, like like divorced parents. It's like I could hear them arguing, and I'm at the top of the stairs, <laughs> like. Yeah. Why am I looking for the stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like it was so public And you would think these multi-billionaire companies Would have NDAs and lawyers But it was just so 
yeah, like you said, leaked emails and stuff. Like I know everything that's going on and it's so messy. And, you know, I guess you could say the same with like Warner and the Ray Fisher situation and the Josh Whedon Whedon situation. Like when, why are we so privy to information as soon as it's happened these days? Because it just really ruins everything because it's like, you'd think with, like I said, the money and the lawyers you you have, you'd be able to keep some of this under wraps, but like, it's all public access. (laughs) And you can really see that. I know we'll probably talk about the post-credit scene, but like how they've done that just to say that they've done that and things like that. Like tick a box, just to tick a box and to say, oh, we're we're playing fair. Look, just kidding. We're pulling this back. (laughs) It's all a bit messy and it's actually bleeding out into the films, unfortunately. You know, I feel like sometimes they re- they leak certain bits or make a scene of certain bits to get a fan reaction to kind of push things in a certain direction. Yeah. Ooh, hadn't thought about it like that. That's a good shout. Yeah, just yeah, just to test the waters, just to see if it would yeah. be a good idea. Like, That's oh, true. I'm really sad. I won't be with my Avengers crew. And then like 20 million Marvel fans are like, let him be with his crew kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because maybe things would have been different. Yeah. You never know. So um, basically the deal as well means that Tom Holland can be in the MCU, but can also be in the Sony universe, which is where people kind of think, well, we'll get onto that in a little bit later. So the script itself is actually inspired by It's a Wonderful Life for those Christmas fans. Um, I know, I know. But when you think about it, it's that kind of whole like um, imagining if nobody knew him kind of thing, the effects of that, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Um, But that's where the kind of inspiration comes from. Um, The film was only supposed to touch on the multiverse. It wasn't meant to extensively go into it. But because of COVID Hmm. and Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange basically just... Blew everything up. So Doctor Strange was obviously meant to be released shortly after One Division. Then Spider Man was meant to happen, but they had to shuffle it all around. Probably because One Division was just so friggin' amazing. They just didn't expect us all to love the multiverse so much. But yeah, there was a lot of script rewrites and changes, which is now what's happened to Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange, the poor man, is working six days a week or something, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, for a while he was. Yeah, so it's all it's all changing. But yeah, it's, the film was meant to feature every major Spider-Man character ever, but a lot were cut uh, to prevent it from feeling too fan servicey. Mm. How do you guys feel about that? So that was when I went about muting Spider-Man stuff, like even before the film came out, my thought was if all of these people are going to be in the film, it's going to be a fan service film. So I completely get that. And I think that they did a really good thing towing the line of it being like, appreciation over sort of like this is for the fans it's a fan service thing and I think yeah I agree if they'd added any more if they'd you know maybe controversially if um, Kirsten Dunst Kristen Dunst Kirsten Dunst you know I don't know how to say her name it's Academy Award nominee Kirsten Dunst Academy Award nominee Kirsten Dunst (laughs) which is just maddening to me that this is her first nomination Um, but anyway yeah I think had they you know brought all of those in and and then it would have I think become more than it could handle. So yeah, I think I'm happy with the way it went down. I mean, it's, is there anyone else that you would have wanted in the film? Really, I think um, I was just I was upset with how they broke Emma Stone's back <laughs> in front of us. I, I would have liked to have seen something. I don't know how they would have brought her back, or if he was going back, if he. If, if he could go back like 10 minutes before where he could save her because they really snapped her neck and then it ended. And then yeah. we never got another, we never got another film. And it was just so like, 
sorry, what? Like and they even they even cut out MJ from that film to yes. make it even more like he will not move on. He will be depressed forever. Yeah, I was like, mm, okay. Yeah, it was just so dark. So <laughs> you know, and the only sort of flashback, well, not flashback, but sort of call to it was obviously when he caught. Um, MJ in the newer film And also where, like a really nice line Where he was like I stopped pulling my punches You know and he you know You know <laughs> it's so sad isn't it Yeah and it's like okay So we are going to explore these themes of grief Here but it would have been Nice I mean like because Everyone comes back in the it's Now that he's in the MCU And I, I've heard that Andrew Garfield is sort of floating Ideas that he would like to come back in some capacity Again he thinks it would, it be, would great. be amazing I just think and obviously him and Emma Stone Are still really good friends so it's not like that whole Like oh awkwardness on, on set Or anything like yeah. that So he it, lied to her as well like he told her yeah. that he Wasn't in it which I thought was hilarious do I you, love that Do you think she could come back because isn't there that whole Like spider Gwen thing I'm assuming That's the same Gwen I don't think she'd want to I think uh-huh. Emma Stone's probably passed it now. Not okay. passed it. Like I think her set, she wouldn't yeah. want to go back to doing a a superhero film. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it would have been lovely to see like Kirsten Dunst like waiting for Toby with like a couple mm. of kids. But I and obviously I'm very sad because I think it, particularly because you have like the whole relationship with Ned, it would have been amazing to see James James Franco's Harry. But obviously mm. situations were different because I think that would have been a very great addition to the film if circumstances were different because you would have seen that kind of friendship arc kind of thing. And also for Willem Dafoe, like obviously because the Green Goblin and his son that had that kind of redemption thing. But no, I think I think you had enough characters to be honest. I think it was quite yeah. a lot that, you know, it did quite well. And it was just funny seeing them all hang out in that apartment, really, wasn't it? All yeah. together kind of thing. Um, and Jamie Foxx had fun. Um, and I, just, I, saw, I, did... I saw a tweet saying Jamie Foxx just freestyled. Like, because I felt like <laughs> he did not read a script. He yeah. was just like, hey, this is fun. And he's just like saying these lies. You're like, Jamie, like, he, he's so funny. Like, he's, yeah. just <laughs> he's just there for fun, honestly. Like, there, there were no lines. He just was like, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll sort it out, guys. <laughs> yeah, I I did love the moment where he says to um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man like, I thought you were black And then this kid in the audience just went, Miles Morales, Miles Morales And I was like, okay, God, that's the same kid that was talking to his mum the whole time Yeah, um, I, I also love how Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man went, I'm sorry I'm sorry Because <laughs> <laughs> he I, I was, the other saw, two wouldn't <laughs> Yeah, I also saw a really interesting like analysis piece on social media again The reason I like I love how my social media ruins it and then I deep dive into it and then get upset that I ruin things for myself. But it was like, you know how obviously Jamie Foxx's character is obsessed with Spider-Man. He loves him. But because he's from Queens and the population there, you would assume that he would think that Spider-Man is black. And the fact that he looks up to him and he sees himself and the fact that Spider-Man remembered him, you can see why he got so obsessed and why he thought he was him and how right. he could be him. So you, it actually does show the genuine shock of why he actually did think he was black because I just don't really see a middle-aged black man becoming idolised by a, a, a white teenager. So yeah. it does kind of make sense. Like there is a bit of an arc mm. there, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. I love those moments. I, I feel like you have like the big baddie from all the Spider-Man films. Like Toby's is clearly the Green Goblin, but then he's obviously got that, that kind of back and forth with, with Dr. Ock as well. And you've got the really lovely moment where you, they talk about potential and things like that. And then obviously I feel like Andrew Garfield's big baddie is Jamie Foxx. Because I mean, I, can't, I couldn't even remember the lizard guy. Yeah, I couldn't same. even remember him. Same. 
It was more personal, wasn't it? Because he was like a scientist and was he was friends with his dad, Peter Peter Parker's dad, right? It was more of a personal thing because the actual lizard is like he just wanted to be lizards and make everyone lizards. Like good, good, good for you. Okay. Like, hope you're happy and healthy. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the villain art. But let's talk about Tom Holland Spider Man in this film. I love how Jake Gyllenhaal just just in this film for a little bit and just causes this ruckus of yeah. effects. So obviously he's basically kind of like on the run, really, isn't he? Everyone he wants to clear his name. He's got that desperation. He's seen the pain in MJ and Ned's eyes. I mean, I did kind of want to say to him, "You're not going to be friends with anyone once you go to university." So just move past it, guys. Come on, move on. It's going to be okay. And I love how he's like, I can, you know, go be Spider-Man in Chicago. They've got crime there, right? But the kind of core thing with this is he's so desperate to change. He goes to Doctor Strange, but then he has this, you see how young this Spider-Man is, mm. like compared to Toby and Andrew. Like he's so like young and the way he he knows he's making mistakes at the same time and he wants to desperately change it and all this kind of thing. What did you guys think of Doctor Strange being in this film? Because I kind of got, I forgot he was going to be in it a lot of the time. And then there's a big chunk of the film where he just disappears. I'm I'm a bit not to be a conspiracy theorist here. Oh, oh, like, get your tinfoil hats up, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like so Doctor Strange, we are told that he is like the person that knows everything. He is so knowledgeable, right? Even bald Tilda Swinton when in, in Endgame. Tinder Swindler. <laughs> in Endgame when Hulk says, you know, I really need this stone because Dr. Strange says, and she's like, oh crap, he said, like, he is all knowing, he is all, and then you get here and like, he messes up the, yes. the, the spell because he's talking too much. And then even when um, Spider-Man uses maths, you know, to sort of like restrain him and he's restrained for ages and it's like you really couldn't get out of that but yet you saw 10 million possibilities of how the world was going to end and there was only one that could work like we need I know we need balance but like how are you so intelligent and so smart and all-knowing and then you're getting literally swindled by a 16 year old twice (laughs) come on like I just was like I don't know if we're going to explore that in the new film where there was like another variant of him or something because there's no way that you can lead me to believe that's the same guy yeah, like, I I feel like sometimes Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, is that kind of youngest child, youngest sibling syndrome. So mm-hmm. like he says in the film, I know you've been through a lot. Obviously losing Tony, and I feel like sometimes like Iron Man was like I, Tony Stark was like the dad. The other Avengers are like the older siblings, and then you've got like Peter Parker, and you're like, oh, well, you know, we've got to be easy on him because you know dad's gone now, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Which we saw a lot. Happy enables this behavior a lot as well, and we see it a lot in the last film, Homecoming. Like, oh, be no. Letting the Iron Man's died Like you know He's gone through a lot Kind of thing But he is a kid And he's making stupid mistakes And someone needs to Kind of say to him And you know Aunt May You, you need to kind of Put a bit more strict on him But it's kind of desperation he goes through, but it's also quite selfish Because he's not doing it To like save the world Like yes he's doing it So that MJ and Ned Can get into college but then he doesn't really realise the circumstances and the consequences of those actions and things like that. And also, like, if you go back to, like, Homecoming, not Homecoming, No Way Home. No, Far From Home. (laughs) Why did they do this? I know, Um, it's so annoying. What happened to just calling things Spider-Man 2? I miss those days. Everything's got to have a colon in it now. Like, come on, I don't want it anymore. Like, he just gave this random stranger his glasses and just gave away all this stuff. Like, he's a young kid. Okay, we'll forgive him. But after the spell kind of happens and the villains come in, you've still got that kind of nature that I think he gets from Art May where it's very trusting. It's very, you know... We, we can save the world and fix all these things, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, but then, of course, this ends up 
with Aunt May dying. And the iconic line comes back. What did you guys think of this? I mean, they did change it slightly. I think instead of with great power comes great responsibility, Aunt May said, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. Yeah. I don't know why they had to do that. I don't know. That felt fan service. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I see. I liked it in that. Well, I mean, I didn't like it in that Aunt May died because I would have loved to have her around. I think it's great. <laughs> but I do like that they still managed to tie into the st- like the larger Spider-Man narrative and like have it kind of reflect what the other Spider-Men, Peter 2 and Peter 3, went through with Uncle Ben. So I do like that it was sort of full circle, but in an, in its own way, it was different. And I do think, like as with the other Spider-Man stories, obviously it's that it signals that moment that Peter now has to not grow up, but it's like that new chapter. Um, which I think, I hate to say that it, that was sort of, that's not what Aunt May's purpose was, but I think the purpose of that arc, like the others said, like it sort of had to happen for him to kind of grow up. And, when, you know, when we talk about Tom Holland specifically, I think he does a really good job because he is so young and he is so like, just because just, just he's a teenager, he does a really good job at being both good. I think he really encapsulates Spider-Man's or Peter Parker's goodness whilst being a messy teenager I think he does a really good job of that Mm. um so I mean yeah of course and like Andrew is my favorite Spider-Man but there's a sort of like almost naivety but in a way that isn't that you know Peter Smart and stuff that that um Tom does really well that I think just works really well like I call him my son and I really feel that way about Tom Holland he's like he's just so sort of he's so cute yeah because they say that Toby Maguire is a fantastic Spider-Man. Mm. No, he's a fantastic Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield is a fantastic Spider-Man, but he's not a great Peter Parker. But Tom Holland encaps- encapsulates both of them and he's a brilliant mixture of both. So I, I always like Because I heard that and someone said that Tom Holland is average at both. Oh, <laughs> ouch. I didn't say that. Someone yeah. on Twitter yeah. said that. He does get a lot of hate, doesn't he? He does. He, he does get a... Like, does. I don't know... You know, sometimes it becomes trendy to hate the thing that mm. everyone talks about. But yeah. I just find that recently, like, my goodness, like, he is getting he gets a lot set of up hate. a lot. I think yeah. a lot of people take, like, a sentence he says in interviews and then yeah. use it to, like, set him up a little bit. But Like I mean, the fact that he wants to be a landlord. I will never, I'm never getting over Oh, God, yeah. And I'm he wants to start over. a family. Oh, that's why he's taking time off, right? Yeah, he's 25. He he said he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be an old dad. But I mean, I think the good thing, I think the casting someone that was predominantly younger, because I can't remember how old Tobey Maguire was when he Spider-Man. And I know Andrew Garfield must have been like late 20s at least. Yeah, because he's like 38, 39 now. Yeah, so he must have been. Because I mean, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was only 2014. Mm. So it's, yeah, a good like eight years ago. So yeah, probably would have been 30 actually. 30-year-old Peter Parker, there you go. But I mean, yeah, Tom Holland, to be honest, I think the good thing about him is that he was, Tobey Maguire was cast... I think some people might have known who he was a little bit. Andrew Garfield, a lot of people knew who he was. And um, Tom Holland, I mean, the only thing he'd really been in was The Impossible, really. And that was a good five years before Spider-Man. I, I saw him in Billy Elliot. Me too. I can't really so explain good. it. <laughs> I haven't got the words. So I think it was it was good for him to do that. He did he did screen tests with Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and they both loved him. Mm. But do you know the other possible actors for Spider-Man at the time? No. Oh, God. Uh, Logan Lerman. 
the gasp jesus christ rachel rachel yeah. didn't even have to edit that one that was audible yeah, yeah. Logan Lerman. oh i love him so he was uh, he was on the roster dylan o'brien I oh. knew you were going to say that because I always really? put those two in my head at the same time. I always oh. get them mixed up. Yeah. I, I can see him up. being a good Peter Parker. Doing would have been good. great. Yeah, uh, Asa Butterfield. Mm. <laughs> he would have been like a quirkier Spider-Man. Yeah, but... like, yeah. <laughs> living in Soho, New York, just <laughs> <laughs> like um, <laughs> working part time. suit by Gucci. <laughs> Working part-time in a vintage shop Like, yeah mm. How <laughs> oh, funny um, And Timothy Chalamet Oh, no oh, No Oh, God That's all right I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to tell you The other alternative Spider-Man castings From the other ones as well So back in the uh, late 90s When they were casting The original Spider-Man Before Tobey Maguire They also considered Heath Ledger Okay Okay uh, James Franco obviously was considered for a very long time and missed out. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. <gasps> You're wow. telling me we could have had Freddie Prince Jr. We got Toby. Okay, everyone on this like podcast. Freddie Prince, hear me like. out. Hear me out. Freddie Prince Jr. Could you imagine Sarah Michelle Geller as um, MJ? Oh Those With two. the red hair, like Daphne. I know they always say, "Oh, don't idolize celebrity couples. Don't say if they break up, I don't believe in love. But if they break up, I don't yeah, believe in love. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't break up now. Surely." I can't make it now. I just I love know. how they've just turned into like such like a couple you just went to school with. Like she does a cookery book, he mm. has a podcast on wrestling. Like they're just chill. They're just chill. They're just chilling, yeah. They've got not, their money. Not they in invested it for the well. Fame. Yeah. You know, they're good. They're no big secrets, I think. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio was also considered for Spider-Man. Mm. I don't see that ever really happening. So I think around that time it was Titanic time. Mm. Jude Law as well. <laughs> Jude Law Courtney That's has entered the chat Could you have Jude Law And Willem Dafoe In the same film Oh my she god She would have Could have an aneurysm Jesus <laughs> um, Jumping forward To um, when Andrew Garfield Was being cast Jamie Bell was considered Oh, oh another Billy Elliot Interesting another, Yes another Billy Elliot Alden um, en- oh, I always say his name wrong Aaron Alden Erin Wright Yeah that's the guy who does He's like young Han Solo Isn't he I like him. I can't oh. see him being Spider-Man, but I do like him. No. Josh Hutchison. So fresh oh, off. Uh, yeah. yeah. I could have seen that. I, yeah. I, hope, I hope he's doing well. I really do. He seems like well. such a nice guy. He does. Peter. Um, and last but not least, Anton Yelkin. Oh, that yes. would have been really good. He's, I can he see. had so yeah. much, like, there's so many roles. I'm like, oh, he would have been so good in that. I still yeah. do it to this day. I'm like, oh, he would have been so good in that. I think like he would have been a really good like James Bond villain. Like he's just mm. got like a very good edge to him. Uh, but yeah, apparently Mark Webb knew Garfield was right for the role of Spider-Man because they did a screen test where he was eating a cheeseburger and telling Gwen to calm down. Okay. So that's how he got the role. So good for, good for him. Oh, I love Andrew. He does such a good <laughs> job of being honest. Like you said, Levan. like he just... He acts his face off. He's just it's so insane. honest. It's yeah, literal insanity. Like how good he is at acting. Mm. Like, have you guys seen so Tick good. Tick Boom yet? Yeah, I have. Yeah, he's so good in that. He's mm. so good. It's ridiculous how good he is. You guys have seen Molly's Game, right? Yes. No, but I do know about Player X and all that sort of stuff. So God, I man- forgot about this. My yeah, man- I was my talking about this. Yeah. So Justin, my manager, told me about that just before I went to see Spider-Man because he was like, what do you think of Tobey Maguire? And I was like, I mean, he's fine. Like, I don't, I'm not ever like, ooh, a Toby stan. He was like, I can't take him seriously after that whole Player X Molly's game thing. And I went, what? And then he explained it to me and I was like, 
what? And I sat through that movie like, mm-mm. But he nearly um, dropped out of Spider-Man, didn't he? Because in between Spider-Man 1 and 2, he got really ill with an unspecified illness. Nobody said what it was. And he was going to get replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Yeah, because they have beef, don't they? Do they? That's the alleged thing, because they've both gone out with Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, and I think it's around the same time. Yeah, and Jake was going to steal his job and his girl. (laughs) Weren't they in a movie together? Brothers? Brothers, They played brothers, yeah. They did. They played yeah. brothers where the brother <laughs> stole his girl. So you're right. To be fair, Tobey Maguire did do some voice work in Boss Baby, but his next film he's going to be in Damien Chazelle's new film, Babylon. Oh, oh I've heard about oh, this. Cool. Yeah, so you know, it's all happening. And obviously, Andrew Garfield is potentially going to win an Oscar. So you know, do I think he will? No, but it's nice to see him back, sort of <laughs> doing doing what he needs yeah. to do. Doing what he needs to do, kind of thing. Another little Easter egg I found was that um, Jamie Dorman, Eddie Redmayne, Robert Patterson, and Andrew Garfield—they all lived within extreme close proximity of each other, and would all go because they all kind of look the same. Uh, would all go for like similar auditions, and like they would like compete, but it'd be playful, and they'd help each other like figure it out. And I just think that is insane that they all made it. Like yeah. they all. Essentially, they've all made it. So I yeah. thought that's quite interesting. I love that. I love, I, think... I love hearing about famous people who like live together or like went to school together. It's all so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Dean Cameron Diaz and Snoop Dogg go to school together. They were in the same year. Yeah. He used to sell her weed, I think. He used to sell her weed, yeah. <laughs> I think he said something like, um, I used to sell her that white girl weed. So, yeah. <laughs> Whereas it's probably like mostly tobacco <laughs> and like tongue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I think like, my favourite I would like to be a fly on the wall to watch that friendship was apparently Viola Davis and Michael Stuhlbarg live together or like because they went to uni together or like there was some sort of like overlap. I'd love to see that. Yeah, oh. not like Jessica Chasso and Oscar Isaac because you know that would smelling be... each other's armpits. I don't oh, want to be a fly on the wall. That's some freak <laughs> that is some, shit. That, that room, that room would smell. I'm yeah. just going to say that that room would smell. He is a very patient wife. I will say that. Mm. And her patient husband, you know. <laughs> just something else about what happened with this film <laughs> is William Dafoe insisted that he do most of his own stunts um, that was a condition on returning um, he didn't believe he could do a whole performance with CGI and <laughs> I just kind of love that he's like yeah I'll do it but I'm doing it good I'm doing it love proper. that I'm he's so good it's just it's just hilarious it really is just hilarious um, and also they had, so they had to de-age Alfred Molina for most of his scenes um, and the big difference with him is that the octopus arms this time was CGI instead of the puppets which he said he kind of struggled with because last time you know he's kind of like um, moving them whereas in this film he couldn't he couldn't at all another thing Morgan Stark Tony and Pepper's kid was supposed to be in this film Oh yes, but she was uh, she was cut after having um, obviously too many characters, and Sony really wanted to shake off Tony Stark's influence on Spider Man. Oh, which I'm only assuming is because they obviously want to do more films in the Sony verse, which obviously leads us on to Eddie Brock Venom. Mm. Um, did you think Tom Hardy was going to be in this film? Realistically. No, no. I, I hadn't really. I wasn't really thinking about it. Yeah, I've really was... had no no thoughts head empty since Venom Two. I've not <laughs> seen Venom. I've Either of them. Watching. I've not no. seen any of them either. Oh. No. Oh, worth watching. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, the reason I've avoided it is I don't love Tom Hardy, so it just feels like one of those films that I'll like eventually get to. But he's fantastic. He's he's really good. Tom he's Hardy. giving it giving it his all. 
That, okay. What does Lord and Tom Hardy do to you? I mean, Nothing. I just, I just think Nothing. he's never. Maybe it'll be Venom that changes my mind, but I feel like he's never been in anything that's made me connect with him enough. Like he's always fine. Have you seen Bronson? Have I seen what? Bronson. Bronson. No. I've oh, Bronson. watch that. Watch that, and you'll be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny is my dad um, obviously was really interested in Charles Bronson's like history and violence. Mm. And when that film came out, I was like, oh, yeah, you should watch this film called Bronson about Charles Bronson. And he watched it and then he was like, that was the biggest load of art house shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I was like, yeah, wow. probably, probably not for you, East End, <laughs> you know. But yeah, so I completely forgot that he wasn't was going to potentially going to be in the film. But then obviously you got to the end of the film and you think, oh well, you know, Tom Hardy is a busy man. He probably didn't want to. But I also feel like there's a streak to Tom Hardy where he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'll do anything. Like he's mm. not like he's serious actor, but he's also still like. I'll do anything for the crack kind of thing. Mm. Um, and of course, we have the end credit scene um, featuring Ted Lasso, favourite as well. But this this end credit scene, it's kind of, would you say it's a cop-out? Would you say it's like a sneak into the potential future of Sony? I mean, what, what it, did it, you guys think of it? It's a complete cop-out because obviously <laughs> the end of Venom 2, where he's like, oh, I, I hate that kid. Like, I know that kid. So you go, oh, right. Okay, we're doing this. And then the end credit scene is just to pull it back out. Um, yeah. It was just to say, because obviously so many conversations had happened between when that was filmed and when this one was filmed. So they've come to an agreement. So they have to basically take it out. And then obviously having the, is it the symbiote, the, the Venom thing still in that universe so there's potential for it to continue just without tom you yeah. know so they they, they they've done it out the seed but also remove the seed that they left at the end of venom 2 because we've all been privy to all these public conversations between sony and marvel now yeah. um so uh, yeah, it's a I shame because he'd be mm. a great villain yeah he'd be yeah because he's he does the whole anti-villain thing really well like where he's like oh i need to be good oh i don't need to be good like he does it really well um tom hardy does it fantastic and obviously the only other live action venom we were given was obviously spider-man 3 with topher grace i forgot i forgot that was the same character i really did forget about that that's one person i'm glad wasn't in yeah it would have been funny like if they just had um um topher grace like walk in and then Tom Hardy just like eats him straight away or something. That would have been. Oh, quite that would have been so good. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so good. I'm available, guys, for writing. So with the end of the film, obviously, Tom Holland, he, everyone's forgotten who Peter Parker is. He's got no Aunt May. He's got no MJ. He does that whole kind of like goes back to the coffee house and lets her live her life, which I think we've seen in 10,000 films before. Mm. One cute thing is obviously his new suit combines the colours from the other Spider-Mans and obviously it doesn't have the Stark Industries tech. So what do you guys think is the future for Tom Holland's Spider-Man now then? Because if everyone's forgotten who he is, mm. what's next? I, oh, I don't know. I was going to make a point about Loki, but actually now I think about it, I don't know. I don't know if I can connect the dots, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's a good um, in reintroduction isn't it because mm. he's by himself it, he has that staple awful flat with the awful landlord thing that we're used to once again there's a ton of conspiracy theories the fact that for example Nick Fury was off world so technically that spell didn't work on him so he'd remember him and there's all that sort of stuff ah. going on yeah there's a ton again me complaining about social media me also using social media to find out all of this stuff um but it's a way to just start fresh right where they're just distant memories now and you can start again yeah because isn't there a tie-in between like 
I feel like I've seen that TikTok, TikTok video where there's like that tie in between when um, Agatha and Wanda are having that fight in the sky mm. and that end scene um, for Loki and when Doctor Strange, well, like when everyone forgets Tom, Tom, Peter, when everyone forgets him, like that's supposed to be like one event that all of them experience. So I wonder whether that's just like whether they'll do that whole like large universe they probably will because it's all about the multiverse but i think i agree with you it's definitely like a reintroduction and it's kind of exciting at least like not knowing yeah yeah so true yeah it'd just be interesting they've left it so nice and open in a way that they can go down so many different routes actually um, which is always nice have you watched loki i have yeah did you like it i loved it okay i loved it yeah I, i i am so excited to see what Jonathan Majors does. Yeah. We'll see him in Ant-Man, but like he is just killing it. I, I'm so happy he's in the MCU. I think I've said this on the podcast before where we haven't really had a chance to really see what that guy can do. Like, um, obviously with Lovecraft Country, like we have Michael K. Williams, we have Journey Smollett, like we've got some big people there. Mm. And I think the last black man in San Francisco that, you know, obviously that scene where he does the one man show and you're like, this is cinema, like, but it's not a lot, but it's, it's enough to see yes. what he do. So I am just so, so bloody excited to see what he does. He's just going to kill it. I am just such a big fan of him. Honestly, I'm such a big fan of him. I think once we get, Oh no, I guess I was going to say once we get Yaya Abdul-Manteen, the, Second, third, I can't remember um, what his yeah, title is. Yeah, the second. second. And once we get him in the MCU, I'll be so happy because him playing Black Manta is not doing anything for me mm. at all. It's mm. not doing it. Um, like once we get him, I am gonna be so happy. It would have been amazing to have Michael K. Williams in the MCU as well. He was also on my wish list. I think that would have been so much fun. Yeah, I agree. You have a wish list? I love this. Yeah, I have an MCU wish list for sure because they've got everyone in there. And now they're like really like reusing people. The fact that like Gemma Chan, for example, has played two separate characters. Like they're starting to like reuse people. So I'm like, oh, hey, there are a ton of people, a Mm. ton of people I'd like to see in the MCU. There is room. There's room for many. And because they're branching out so much, uh, you know, there's just so many people that would be phenomenal in it. And there's people that I also think got roles early on and it's like, oh, you so could come back. Like mm. Idris Elba, for example. Yeah. Like, yes, his, yes, yes. like what what was he, that? He was Idris Elba got wasted. I know. He yeah. got wasted. In fact, he was so angry when he'd have to come back for reshoots because he'd be like doing a film where he's like the leader and have to come back and let people in through a portal. Come on. Mm. <laughs> And then, like, um, who else do I think was completely wasted? Daniel Kaluuya. I think maybe once we see Black Panther 2, I'm I'm sure he'll get more of a big role. But, like, again, he could have done something a bit more. But we'll see. Because I think, I I trust Ryan Coogler, so I'm sure that they'll um, have him in a more prominent role next time. But there's, yeah, a ton of actors that I just am like, yeah, you so could have. You signed on, obviously, before, like, really peak fame yeah and and now it's like okay you could so play a leading character now come on (laughs) I love that I love that it'd be good good another episode to deep dive into that so obviously one big thing about um No Way Home is that Ned's character's last name is revealed to be Leeds and that character is of course Hobgoblin and who is a Spider-Man villain in the books Um, and it's that whole kind of like we're best friends we'll never turn on each other so Alina on our team and I 
do both think that they're probably going to turn Ned into Hobgoblin now that he doesn't remember Peter and that would be the next big villain, villain off, you could say, which would be quite interesting because I like the fact they're kind of trying to utilise Ned's character a lot more because I think he's a great actor. So that's the kind of idea for that. Also, in the ending scene with the clouds, there's silhouettes too. So there's silhouettes of Rhino, there's Craven the Hunter, the Scorpion, Mysterio, um, Superior Spider-Man and Black Cat, which are all rumoured to be appearing in upcoming Sony-verse movies. So I think it's difficult because you've obviously got Sony, you've obviously got Marvel. So there's a lot that, that, you know, they could coincide together, they could not. Who knows? But that's what kind of is going on. But I mean, coming up next in the MCU, obviously got, um, you've got the Moon Knight, Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac, Hello Governor, and Ethan Hawke. Um, Although it doesn't totally relate to Spider-Man No Way Home. Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness is obviously next with Sam Raimi as well, which is interesting considering that he did the other Spider-Mans. But Spider-Man's not included. The only person that is included so far is Elizabeth Olsen, who of course we're really excited about, um, and Rachel McAdams. Adams and Wong. The other Doctor Strange in the trailer is from the animated What If series as well. So there's a link there. I know Laverne will be happy about that. <laughs> it hasn't been complete 100% confirmed, but you know, it makes sense. Yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes of What If. And um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to it all, seeing all the different variations of all these characters it's just going to be so interesting it's going to be the type of thing that it just like blows your mind because you're just like oh my gosh this is going to happen in this and then obviously what all Wanda stands here so I'm so excited to see that she gets her children back and stuff like that it's just like I see it from such a different perspective now like as Karis always says, you can try and make her a villain. It's not going to work. Like, no. we will, we refuse. Like, we refuse to see her as that. And I think a lot of people think that. It reminds me of when I saw Black Panther and, like, Michael B. Jordan comes out of the war and he's like, I'm the king now. And for a second I was like, do you know what? Maybe he's right. Yeah. Maybe we should let him be king, you know? Maybe we should just let him be king and yeah. just end the movie right here. I'm good. I'm cool. That's another guy. I mean, I know there's, like, a lot of Michael B. Jordan going on, but I did think he was a little bit, like, when they killed him off, I thought, oh, is it too soon? I don't know. He was really good at Killmonger, I will say that. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, conspiracy right now that Bucky Barnes is going to be in the um, Doctor Strange film because they have said they're going to kill off a big character in the next Captain America film, which obviously Sam Wilson's going to be the lead character off. So, yes, what do you guys think about that? Oh, I don't know. But I think it's because I didn't enjoy Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I'm kind of like over. Did anybody? Right, but I think that's why I'm sort of like over it. Like if he I love appear. how nobody talks about it now as well. Oh like nobody mentions that show no. at all. At all. Um, what yeah, is the next something. MCU show? What's the next one that's going to come out? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know, actually. Oh, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. So coming up next is Moon Knight, actually. So Moon Knights are coming out on March 30th. You've then got She-Hulk which doesn't actually have a date. It's just mid-2022. Then it's Miss Marvel, which is mid-2022. And then late 2022 is Secret Invasion. Okay. Yeah, they've been filming that in London, actually, recently with Samuel Jackson. Mm. Mm. I want to watch Miss Marvel. I love that they've got... Because I think she's from Pakistan, isn't she? Like, her name's Kamala Khan or something. Yeah, yeah. So they showed a little snippet in the latest like Disney convention of like because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she's getting her own show oh yay um, just to slightly touch on in Marvel you know related news I did watch The Eternals <laughs> oh yeah I've not seen it but what did you think 
I have never seen a load of shite in my life. <laughs> First of all, there's no fucking lighting. Oh, no. The film is so dark. It's ridiculous. Um, no, I mean, all jokes aside, I'm sure that there is some element of enjoyment in there. Um, there's just too many characters. There's too much going on. There's no kind of real narrative direction, I think. And by the end of it, I was like, and? Like, the only interesting thing was this Kit Harrington side character who was in the film for maybe four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that end credit was really cool because I'm so excited for that. I'm trying not to ruin it. Um, I'm so excited for that, what that alluded to. Like, yes. that part. Like, I'm buzzing for that. I'm so excited. So that was I the only thing I was like, that. Yay! I know. And I then I went. <laughs> That's how I used to view the Guardians of the Galaxy films. I was like, oh, well, at least I'll see an end credit scene. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is my top. I MCU love film. that one. It's my top MCU film. It's number one. Really? Oh, yeah. my God. I love hearing that. I love hearing these yeah. people's favorite films are. Yeah. Um, Oh gosh, oh gosh. Um, okay, well, we will be back again soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience with us being off air. Uh, as you can probably hear, there's a baby in the podcast team now. Do you remember when Cara first came on the podcast and I used to cry I during the I recordings? Remember, she it, remember when she ripped, me. Your, she ripped your t shirt while we were <laughs> taping? It's no joke, honestly. I try to label up sometimes what's harder, a puppy or a baby. And honestly, like I can put Raya down and she won't go and chew the coffee table. So I'll just tell you that right now. Kara, well, I'm literally looking at marks on my coffee table which she chewed it. So no, there we go. Uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening and bye, guys. Bye. Bye. That's us for another week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe or hit the follow button on Spotify. You can also find us on Twitter at NotHavingItPod and Instagram at Pictures. Reviews are really helpful for a little independent show like ours. So if you can leave a few words in Apple Podcasts, we'd love you forever. And if you have a suggestion for an episode topic or have a question to ask, just pop us an email at info at or drop us a DM on social media. We'll be back soon. Bye, guys. 